The Hammer, Chapter 39 Corvin turned away and guided Kate cautiously into the crack. It was wide enough for the two of them to walk side by side at first, but it quickly narrowed. Walking on without touching the walls would be difficult or impossible. He shuddered at the thought of being entombed in the core shield like two bees petrified in amber. Kate stopped. I can't breathe. The walls are coming closer. Kate hated enclosed spaces. Her breath came in shallow gasps as her hand waved frantically in front of her face. There's no air in here. She tried to turn back, but Corvin pulled her close against his chest. Look into my eyes. Her brown eyes focused on his. It's okay. Take a breath. He felt her take a shallow breath, but her heart beat madly against him. I promise you, Kate, there is enough air in here for both of us. A shout in the cavern jerked Corvin's head up. Lights were coming toward them between the stone columns. Kate's eyes darted wildly about the narrow crack. Tugging Tira's scarf from under his cloak, he held it out to her. Look at this. She turned toward him. Remember how we used to play blind man's bluff? I'm going to put this over your eyes, but I'll hold your hand until we reach the other side. Is that okay? She nodded, and he tied the scarf over her eyes and took her hand. Keep your other hand tight around your medallion. The fire sticks grew closer, and Corvin caught sight of the captain from the council leading the group. Red cloak guards were mixed in with the green of the priests. He pulled Kate deeper into the crack. The wall slanted inward and was just inches from his face, but the outer edge of the crack and safety beckoned only an arm's length away. The voices in the cavern echoed louder, closer. A clink sounded by his feet, and Kate suddenly twisted her hand free of his. I dropped my medallion! Corvin looked back in horror to see Kate pull the scarf up and drop to her knees, following the medallion as it bumped along the floor, back toward the cavern and the approaching soldiers. The captain's voice called out, Something is trying to enter the core. Shoot it! Corvin dropped to the ground as an arrow whistled overhead through the crack. Grabbing Kate's ankle, he dragged her back toward himself with renewed desperation. She screamed and tried to hit his hand away. It's going to attack! A man shouted, and even more arrows clattered off the cavern walls. Aim for the light! Tossing the fire stick behind him, Corvin grabbed hold of the rocky floor and yanked hard on Kate's leg, tumbling them both into the darkness on the far side of the crack. They lay in a heap, listening to the fire stick hissing somewhere behind them in the rocks. The noise from the soldiers ceased. Where's my medallion? Corvin put a hand over Kate's mouth and whispered in her ear, We must stay quiet, Kate. Don't move or talk, and I will find your medallion. She nodded under his hand. He released her, pulled the scarf back down over her eyes, and crept closer to the crack. Corvin reached his hand toward the core shield. With one touch, he could seal the crack. He peered into the gloom. The lights on the other side had been extinguished, but in the soft glow of the core shield, he could see someone crawling toward him. Corvin moved his hand closer. He had to stop them. If they made it through to his world, there was no telling what they might do. The man in the crack coughed and inched closer. Corvin's hand faltered. Was it right for him to seal a man inside the core shield? He shook his head. He couldn't do that. The soldier was just obeying orders. He would warn him to leave, but if he didn't go, then... The man looked up. A tight grin spread across the wrinkled face of Rayu. He crawled up closer to Corvin, but stayed within the crack looking in awe at the dark tunnel beyond the core shield. He smiled at Corvin. They are arguing about what to do. Our captain wants the crack left open, but Jorid does not. They have pulled back to the entry of the cavern, he whispered, his eyes twinkling. Sari told me I'd better check on you to see if you were all right. He lifted his hand. I found this on my way in. I think it belongs to you. He opened his hand, and the green glow from the medallion lit up his kind face. 
It would not be good for the Corps if Jord has it. You must keep it safe until you return. He handed the medallion to Corvin, its light flowing around them. Rayu smiled and gestured to where Kate sat on the ground. I see you finally caught up to your counterpart. That is good for you and the Corps. She is strong, and you will need her beside you when you return to restore the Corps to its glory. Corvin pushed the medallion back at the old man. No, Rayu. Tirith has the hammer. She will lead the Corps now. Take the medallion to her instead. The old man said something about Tirith needing him to join her, but shouts from the other end of the crack drowned him out. Fire sticks blazed to life, throwing their glow up through the crack. Soldiers were screaming, Rakash! Rakash! The leader of the Rakash was still after the cloak. Ray reached out a hand and patted Corvin's forearm. Do not be afraid, Corvan. They shall not follow you. He pulled his hand back and held it up to the core shield. Goodbye, Corvan. May your love always be guided by the truth. Before Corvin could respond, Rayu winked at him, then slapped the exposed edge of the shield wall. A soft hiss, like a pop bottle being opened, escaped through the crack, and then Corvin was looking at a perfectly smooth wall. He sat in the dead silence for a long moment, staring at the glossy rock. Did you find my medallion? Kate's voice echoed off the walls. He placed it in her outstretched hand, and she wrapped her fingers tightly around it. Can we go home now, Corvin? Yes, Kate. Now we can go home. He located the fire stick and led Kate up the slope of the tunnel. If it kept climbing like this, it must come out at the surface eventually. I can't see the stars. Kate had taken the scarf off and was holding it out to him. He took it from her hand. We'll find them, but first we have to go for a long walk. The corridor before them was shaped like a squashed tube with a smooth rippled floor, as if an ancient river had slowly carved its way through the rock. No water flowed in the channel now, and Corvin was keenly aware that they had none with them. When the fire stick eventually died, they walked on in the light of Kate's medallion. Kate didn't have much strength, and they had to stop often to rest. Corvin had no doubt that the journey out would take as long as the days it took to reach the core. It would be best to let Kate rest whenever she was tired. Leaning against the cavern wall, he watched her sleep beside him. The medallion had slipped from her hand, and he picked it up. Tsarek was right. It did give a sense of calm, a feeling of hope for the future. Its light grew stronger as he studied the markings, turning the words round and round, flowing them from truth to mercy to justice and back to truth. It made sense that the medallion would belong to a corvan. To be a good leader, you had to hold all three in tension. If any of them were missing, you would make a mess of things. Kate groaned in her sleep. Taking off his cloak, Corvin spread its warmth over her. He brushed her long bangs away from her eyes, and a faint smile fluttered across her face. Putting the medallion in his pocket, he pulled up the edge of the gray cloak and lay down beside her. In moments he was drifting off to sleep. When he awoke, the faint smell of lilacs hung in the cool night air, and for a moment Corvin thought he was stretched out on the front porch swing at home. His mother's tabby cat curled up against him. A tickle of hair touched his cheek. Kate was cuddled up against him, her head resting on his forearm. Kate stirred, then rolled over toward him and snuggled into his chest. He lay perfectly still and waited as she relaxed and her breathing fell into a steady rhythm. One thing he knew for certain was that he would never again be bothered by the boys teasing him that he liked Kate. He was not afraid to admit it. He liked her a lot. I'm thirsty, Kate mumbled. He pulled out the medallion and Kate's sleepy eyes focused on him. Me too. Let's go for a walk and see if we can find some water. 
When they had first left the core shield, they had come across small pools of water in deep pockets at the edges of the old watercourse, but lately there were none to be found. The last one had been more than four rests ago, and the effects of dehydration were setting in. The supplies in the bag were running low, but without any water, neither of them wanted to choke down the dried-out bread that remained. Fear seeped into a soul, along with the darkness that pressed in around them. He found it comforting to breathe in the scent of Tyr's scarf and recall her saying, Be brave. It will be all right. He offered the scarf to Kate to keep her warm, but she gave it back to him. I don't like the way it smells, Kate whispered past cracked lips. She looked up the dark tunnel. Is it much farther, Corvin? This night is too long. We are getting closer. How about we count out a thousand steps and see where that takes us? Kate nodded, and he began to count. It helped to give them a goal and to keep the fears at bay. First it was a thousand steps and a rest, but as time wore on it fell to one hundred, and then to twenty. Finally Kate collapsed. It's okay. Corvin had enough moisture. It's okay. Corvin hardly had enough moisture in his mouth to get the words out. Rest here. I'll find water. He waited until her eyes closed and her rasping breast became regular. He didn't want to leave her alone in the dark, but he needed the light of the medallion to explore up ahead. Just around the bend, the cave climbed steeply over stair-like ridges. He tried to climb it, but his strength gave out and he fell to his knees. Had they come all this way just to die of thirst? How was that fair? His father's words replied from the recesses of his weary mind. Don't be looking for this world to be fair to you. Fair is what you do for others, not what you expect to receive. You're right, Dad. I just need to be fair to Kate. I just need to take another step. He crawled forward. Come on, Corvin. You can do it. But he couldn't. His remaining energy fled from his body and he sank against the rock in utter exhaustion. A green glow wavered before his eyes. The medallion slipped from his hand and landed with a soft metallic ring on the stone. Then it rolled away, and he heard it move down the stairs like a small bell fading into the distance. It ended with a soft plop. It took a long time for that last sound to register in his brain. It had to do with wishing or praying or something like that. His mind slowly turned it over. He could remember having a handful of medallions. No, they were coins, and he was dropping them one at a time into a round hole. Plop plop, plop. He remembered wishing that one day he would grow up to be a great hero. Corvin raised his head. A wishing well. The medallion must have dropped into water. He squinted down the slope to where the green light danced off the ripples of a small pool. He crawled back to find a tiny spring flowing into a shallow depression. Corvin lay on his stomach and drank deeply, then stumbled back to kneel beside Kate. I found water. Kate's head rolled to one side, but her eyes did not open. Corvin pulled her up toward his chest. He didn't have the strength to lift her, but if she helped, he shook her gently. Put your arms around my neck. I'll carry you. Her eyes remained shut, but her head dipped slightly. He pulled her up, and she clasped her hands behind his head. Summoning all his energy, he pushed to his feet and staggered toward the flickering green pool. They rested by the water for a long time. Kate revived as she drank and finished off the last of the bread. Corvin let her eat her fill before nibbling on the last small pieces. He let Kate doze one last time, then woke her, asking her to go another thousand steps. Kate said she was willing to try, but before long she was stumbling over the uneven floor, hardly able to lift her feet. 
Tripping over a rocky lip, she fell and pulled him down with her to the ground, his knees smacking painfully against the rocks. I'm sorry, Corvin. I can't make it. She leaned into him, her shoulders convulsing with dry sobs. Fear swept down over him along with a cool breeze that blew in from around the corner. He pushed it away with fierce determination. They weren't beat yet. I'm not going to leave you. He reached down for the hand that held the medallion. Light flowed around their fingers. He took her other hand and pulled her to her feet. We're not quitting. He took a step back. Just keep looking in my eyes and follow me. We can do this one step at a time. He crept backwards up the slope, his eyes on Kate's. The wind grew steadily stronger. Kate looked past him and tried to speak, but the wind whipped her words down the tunnel. She shook her head and feebly pulled on his hands, but he leaned back and forced her to keep coming. If they quit now, they might never get up again. Corvin took one more step back. His foot found nothing but air. Kate pulled on his hands, eyes wide with fear. Together they toppled backward into a rushing river. Icy water cut through the gray cloak as the current tore Kate from his grasp. The green glow of the medallion slipped away with her on the black surface of the water. Corvin kicked and swam after her. The ceiling swept lower. The glow drew closer. His hand brushed Kate's face. Then in a roar of foam she disappeared as they tumbled over a waterfall. When Corvin surfaced to the side of the falls in a shallow pool, he stood on the rocky bottom. Kate, where are you? He saw nothing. He splashed to one side, his hands outstretched. His hand jammed into a rock and he heard his finger snap. Pain shut up his arm. Kate! He screamed, his throat rasping with the panic that drove her name from his lungs. He heard a low moan. He listened over the sound of the water. Kate! He felt his way around the rock and his hand tangled into soft cloth. Falling to his knees in the shallow water, he pulled on the cloth and the glow of Kate's medallion came into view. He lifted the light to her face. Her eyes were closed, her head resting in a shallow pool among the rocks. A gash on her head and a deep cut on her face were turning the water around her pale face deep red. Are you okay? Say something to me. Kate didn't open her eyes, but a tiny smile touched her lips. I saw stars, Corvin. We're home. <laughs>